post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there first. If it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first. Hi and welcome to the near post. I am Nick, with me in the studio today is Gerald. G'day Nick. Yeah, and today I'm bringing you this show with a very heavy heart. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> it was a horrific weekend. Um, as, as some of you may have heard, the Mariners were finally usurped at the top of the A-League ladder. Uh, 14 weeks, and we've dropped it just before the finals. It's, it's a dark day uh, on the Central Coast, unfortunately. Oh, in, in coinciding coinciding with the uh, the awarding of the National Youth League title to Melbourne Victory on goal difference, unfortunately, because that decider was delayed on three occasions due to the adverse weather up on the Central Coast. So yeah, moving come on, on, come on, Nick, moving lot, on, I guess. Um, so we just got we got the usual uh, news and views coming coming your way. Uh, if you'd like to tell us how much you like the show uh, or just general complaints on our fact checking, uh, you can contact us on our email nipersradio at gmail Alternatively, you can um, give us a comment on any of our blog posts at nearpostblogspot.com and you can access this show on iTunes under Near Post Football. Okay, love, uh, love to hear from you. Yeah. So I'll, co- I'll come in, in with a little bit of a left of field story. So Harry Kuehl has been uh, in, in the footballing wilderness for a while, shall we say. And uh, with Ryan Griffiths' recent uh, well, jump ship to ch- a second division Chinese club, there was a lot of uh, rumours that he might possibly be welcomed into the fold at Newcastle. Um, Kuehl has desi- um, decided not to pursue any sort of formal negotiations in regards to this season because... Uh, it'd probably be a bit too late for him to get to full fitness before the finals start if Newcastle make it. But uh, there is a, an open possibility that he might be able to join this team for next campaign. How much substance do you place in this, Nick? Well, I'm not really sure. Like, obviously, uh, Heskey was, has been a pretty big success for Newcastle in terms of marketing and the, all that sort of stuff. And maybe Tinkler is just eyeing off the commercial uh, aspect to this sort of thing because he is, he is starting to struggle a bit with cash flow. So if we can increase the club's revenue just uh, through these sorts of uh, signings, I don't see why he wouldn't give it a go. Hmm, I'm not sure. With um, w- what we do have, of course, is Del Piero signing on for a second season, and it looks like um, Ono will be signing on as well. So if um, Heskey gets offered a, um, um, a nice little contract for next year as well, I don't know where they're going to be finding the money to also look at taking on Kuehl. Yeah, hmm. I think I think we were they would be entitled to ask for a little bit less of Kuehl now that he hasn't played for 12 months. He is starting to get a little bit older, and obviously that that would still he'd he'd fill in their Australian marquee position. So. He, uh, I take your point, though. I think it would be a public relations coup, um, but whether or not it would end up um, be being something that would increase their playing strength, um, only time will tell well, them something. Like yeah, I, I thought Beckham to PSG would just be a marketing stunt, but he's actually turned out quite well. So maybe, maybe Harry Kuehl has mm. still has something to offer as a player. We, we will see. Yeah, um, so as I did mention, the New League title was awarded to Melbourne Victory earlier today um, after you know cancelling the the match the deciding match three times uh, the A League and the FFA have decided to uh, count this game as a nil of draw, which means that Melbourne Victory's superior goal difference of thirty two as compared to the Mariners' 11, was enough to give them the title this season. A bit of a reflection on the Youth League, Nick. Um, what's it been like? Well, look, uh, there's, it's been pretty competitive throughout. Melbourne Victory started off pretty slowly, but uh, Francesco Stella, um, who did arrive mid-season, 
really gave them that extra edge. They actually tore apart the Mariners in the Youth League. They won 8-1 down in Melbourne. And Big win. That, that basically turned the title on its head. That's why the goal difference is such a massive gap as well. Um, and it looks like Ange's uh, youth revolution at Melbourne Victory is paying more dividends. Mm. Um, full credit, though, to the Mariners uh, being able to keep their squad in such a good quality after winning the title last season because they did look, have most of their players promoted to the senior squad, including Mitchell Duke, who's their leading goal scorer. I suppose the point is, as far as the, the youth league's concerned, it's not necessarily about um, the kudos in, in winning it. It's actually just how strong the youth teams are actually underpinning their clubs yeah. because that's what, that's what it's all about. Yes, definitely. Um, I I can't say I know too much about the other the other teams in the leagues, but uh, I do know that Newcastle um, Newcastle's youth league side does play in the the local Hunter Comp uh, during the winter season. So um, I think I think there will be a lot more a um, lot more to come from these youth league sides as they get more um, more match practice in the state league competitions. Yep. Okay, but a, a good season overall, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit hard to find information about it, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, obviously, we have the situation where there is no sort of television um, broadcasting of the youth league games, and when you try to find stats on the scorers and all that sort of stuff, it's basically just trawling through the match reports and hoping you can find the correct names. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think, as far as the professionalisation of the um, the league's concerned, um, the the youth league has been a fine setup, and I think it's. Uh, I think there are a number of clubs that um, are gaining from having good, good young lads, young lads coming through. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to find the stats on how many youth league players have actually made a league appearances and how well they've contributed mm. to their sites. Mm. Yeah, we're just going to quickly uh, break character here for a second. There, uh, I've got Clive. Is just knocking in the back here, Clive? How are you going today? I'm good, thanks, Nick. How are you? Uh, Welcome to the show, Clive. I, I did. I did mention I was a bit down in the dumps uh, uh, about the weekend's results. But let, let's not get into that until later on in the show. <laughs> I wasn't. I thought it was a great game, yeah. but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we just quickly jump to the ACL. So the Mariners did host Sue on Blue Wings on Wednesday night. Uh, the crowd wasn't particularly fantastic. Um, the football wasn't that great either, from in my opinion. Uh, they the Mariners did miss a penalty through Nick Montgomery. Uh, more on the Mariners' penalty woes to come. Um, Oh, at least, at least from my mouth, I'm not sure the other guys are going to be too willing to talk about that sort of thing. But look, a nil, a nil result isn't hor- horrific. Uh, obviously, I'd be more happy with a win. But look, uh, it still, it still shows that we could probably go to Korea and maybe snatch at least a point if we get lucky. So look, I'm I've got to, I've got to come clean here. I think I saw the game, Nick, and um, I'm, I don't necessarily um, agree with some of your bad tidings there. Um, I actually think it was a pretty good game of football. We, we are looking at um, Champions League stuff here, and it's clearly a lot at stake. Yes, I think the crowd could have been better, but I think that's something that um, is going to um, get better as the, the league matures, and it's um, stuff that's not going to necessarily happen overnight. As far as the dynamics of the, the game's concerned, look, I... I thought technically the game was um, was of a fairly high standard. Yes, I think there were there were chances that that, that came and went, and I don't think um, the Mariners were allowed to play the way they normally do because they're an incredibly consistent side. Um, but from the point of view of who they were playing against and the the um, the technical ability that um, the Koreans had, I think this is a good result, and I think there's um, there's some some good games to come in this, and I wouldn't write the Mariners off at all after this particular effort. So, um, look, I'm, I felt quite good about watching um, the way they played, and um, only time's going to tell about um, how they pan out of the other five games in this in this um, particular league. I didn't see the game, but I've got to tell you that I think a lot of the inconsistencies about the leagues, um, 
a lot of the leagues are just they're mismatched in a way. They they play kind of different styles. They're used to different refereeing. They're in different conditions, different grounds. Until there's more interchange between Australia and the other Asian countries uh, on a regular basis, I don't think you're going to see that pan out too well. It seems to be a, be a bit of a hit and miss prospect to me. And in such, it's almost like you take football back 25 years where you're actually playing against teams you don't necessarily know a lot about. Today, at this particular elite level, you know everything. Um, players are getting CDs on every particular player they're playing against. Everybody knows everyone. Here, we have a, a situation where I didn't know three-quarters of the players there. And if it wasn't for at least some informed commentators, I'd, I'd know next to nothing. So exactly right. In that sense, it's, um, there is an element of, gosh, what, what's coming up? So um, we'll see. If you like the game, this is the sort of thing you'll grow into, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah um, so we'll just head over to the weekend's results, I guess. Uh, so basically, uh, as we kick off on Friday, yes, that was basically a triple head on Sunday. Uh, Brisbane Raw opened up against Adelaide United. Ben Halloran got a winner there. Um, so that's the first loss that Adelaide sustained at home for quite a while now, I believe. Um, pushes Brisbane back into the playoffs. Um, Playoff places now is is Brisbane capable of retaining its A League crown? That's that's the question I'm going to throw out there. That's a that's a huge question. Um, I'm saying no, and I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> okay, well they at least make a good there. fight of it. It's probably yeah. a better question. Yes, and I think that the more poignant question is: Are Brisbane more than capable of pinching the fifth or the sixth league place? And I think they they showed me enough to say that I wouldn't write Brisbane off from a finals appearance. And as I think we've it's been a bit of a theme on this show, the fact that uh, we think that uh, the finals theory, the final series, might uh, actually deliver some like one-off games where there might be some mm. unexpected results. I think it is possible to win from sixth place in our organisation, uh, whereas it may not have been in one of the rugby league or AFL type franchises where they were down in eighth place trying to win in that kind of a yeah. series. This is only really three games. Yeah, it's a good point, Clive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, Nick, look, I don't think they're capable of winning the league. Um, they're going to have to play a lot better than they have over the last couple of weeks. But they're certainly more than capable of being able to slip into the um, the series. And once that gets underway, who knows? I think I said this before. I really like premiership. I really like the team that wins, like ends up on top. Yeah. And I think uh, it's still a bit of a dogfight between Central Coast and Western Sydney. And I, I think that's that's still got a bit of a way to, to travel. It's in one of those situations where, you know, you only need one bad result and it just changes the whole shape of the game. Uh, I think the final series, as I say, it's a bit of a lottery. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I, I do probably value the league a bit more than the final series. I, I probably am a bit biased on that, uh, yeah. on, that on that point. But yeah. Obviously. Uh, yes. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, yeah. yes. I'd be more concerned for Adelaide at the moment. They, they've been playing poorly. They have. And, um, they they've really been playing need to pick very their bad. Socks up. Yeah, mm. uh, they're, they're in a bit of free fall now. They're only six points ahead of Newcastle Jets when at one stage it looked like the top four was just going to blaze away with it compared to the rest of the league. Mm. So I've been kind of worried about Valcanis' selections actually for Adelaide. Mm, yeah, what's your call on that? Because they have had. Well, I, like I'm a big fan of Geronimo, mm. um, and I don't think he's had a, a, a fair run really mm. in the Adelaide team. And I don't know how you feel about that, Nick. But uh, I'm a fan of Geronimo mainly because he's my fantasy league striker. But I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do value his technical quality, and he has he has definitely added a bit more to Adelaide's attack rather than just the, the good old Bruce Jete hold up the ball. 
played off. Jeez, mm. yeah. that was dabbing, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Poor yeah. old Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a slap around there. But look, I, I, I think back at the back in the early parts of the season, Geronimo was actually on, on show pretty well. And it was. Adelaide had a great start of the season. They had a great start, yeah. and Geronimo was a star for yeah. that in the first few games. And we haven't really seen him since. And he's, he's kind of gone missing. And I, I don't know, usually these kinds of things are about whether they're giving him the ball or not. Mm. And, mm. I mean, that's kind of the case with some of the, the other marquee players around I certainly haven't heard anything about him being injured, so um, just, surely it must simply be a matter of... Well, I heard he got... Ta- I think I was watching the game when he was taken off last mm. weekend. I think he was taken off quite early in the game. And uh, I didn't understand that. Mm. And I, don't, I still don't really understand the strategy surrounding Adelaide. It doesn't look like it's normal self. It looks like it's a bit... A bit clumsy, and then there's no uh, f- fluency in the side. Yeah, they look damp. They look da- damp. Mm, yep. Great word. <laughs> okay. They look damp. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, moving on to the second match on that Saturday. Um, so, Western Sydney did come up um, with a very large travelling contingent. It's probably the biggest they've ever had at Blue Tongue Stadium. Uh, 18,500 was the crowd. Um, it was a sellout. Can, Before I, just, the game, can I just stop you there? I think just um, I'm not one to normally plug articles in the press at the moment, but if um, anyone gets round to reading the article that um, Craig Foster's written on the SBS site about um, the Western City Wanderers and just how important crowds are to the way that this, this um, league campaign has turned out to be an outstanding success, well worth a read. Yeah, so sorry about that, Nick. Yep, no, no, I, I haven't actually seen that, but mm. I can comment on the telecast. Now, the telecast is a different kind of thing when you've got uh, spectators on both sides of the ground, and I mean the 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 rabid red and black block over on the far side that uh, was supporting uh, the Western Sydney mm. Wanderers. It really made a hell of a difference yeah. to the. And did you see them at the end when they were doing their celebration after yeah. beating? Look, a lot to be old... said for away support at um, football matches, and um, that was an outstanding. They were saying they'd got the nine bays, nine bays. Now I'm not sure how many a bay holds. I suspect it's about five hundred. So that would mean there was something like four and a half thousand. Yeah, they, there was suggestions that they, there was probably closer to six thousand right. uh, Wanderers okay. fans in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, the the game did sell out beforehand, but obviously the bad weather meant that some people didn't turn up. Well, that spoiled it a bit, really. Yeah. Didn't it? And look, I've got to put it to you, Nick. I I I, I didn't think that um, the Mariners at home were capable of being able to put on a really good show from the point of view of um, support. I could never see the Mariners' place rocking. i got to change my mind after watching the game on the weekend. I'm not talking necessarily about the football being played. It was actually a place to go and see football was more important. And that really turned me around. So irrespective of how poorly the Mariners played or how well the Wanderers played, that was a great event to go and see. I agree. Mm. And I'd, I'd, I'd like to put this very difficult question to Nick about uh, the penalty woes of uh, Central Coast. <laughs> yeah. uh, when the goalkeeper steps up to take the penalty and says, uh, you know, I've been knocking a minute training and I'm going to take responsibility, um, I think they're really in a bit of trouble there. There's got to be some better quality players yeah. to take penalties. I, 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 am a bit, I am a bit flummoxed by uh, the decision to give the duty to Matt Ryan. I, th- I think Patrick Zonzoax is, is a lot better penalty taker. He's actually done them in the past, so I'm not really sure why he hasn't uh, stepped up this season. Mm. Um, obviously, Mac- Montgomery missed one on Wednesday night, and McBreen, McBreen has fluffed his last two as well. <clears throat> it's got to be a two-way thing, though. It's um, he's got to want to take them, and uh, man, he's got to be able to say, "Yep, okay, where well, you go." So I'm not really sure what happens and there with the penalties. penalties. Of course, ninety uh, percent confidence, yeah. and obviously yeah. the most confident fellow took the penalty on uh, on Friday. Was it Friday? Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, 
didn't deliver. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of you know very different of, in front yeah. of um, fifteen people at um, at training as opposed to sixteen and a half thousand on a yeah. match day. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and plus Kovic does have a pretty good record in terms of penalties. I think he's he's been one of the highest scoring uh, fantasy league goalkeepers because he consistently does save those pen- those spot kicks. Um, maybe he's a little bit lucky to get clip it with his legs, but probably Matt Ryan should have picked his spot better. Well, mm. yeah, just about any spot would have been better. Yeah, straight down the middle. It, it works mm. on FIFA, I've got to say that. It works on FIFA because the keeper always moves. But... You'd believe that these kinds of skills transfer from the, uh, the yeah, Xbox from, from or the, uh, PlayStation 3. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, half a metre the other way and it would have been in. Let's just say that. Half a metre the other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Look, the game was there to be taken. You didn't need a penalty or a penalty miss in this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, the pressure was put back on the team as a result of that. Yes. And I think certainly the Wanderers took advantage. Look, yeah. I've got to say it was quite an exciting game despite the conditions. And uh, it was it was a good game to watch. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, must, I must admit I was a little bit disappointed that we couldn't... Um, Take take advantage of some of the chances that we did create. Um, There'll be times when the yeah. side does that. Though, yeah, like, it's it's, my, it's always been my one problem with the Mariners because uh, since Damien Mori um, had his little guest in at the club, I've always been um, well a bit disappointed that we haven't had a striker that you can say he has the ability to score something from nothing. Mm. That's that's what Mori did. He was a clinical finisher. He knew how to score a goal rather than Daniel McBreen, who really just kind of gets in the right place at the right time, which, you know, is, is a good trait for a striker to have, but you can't you can't say, oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, beat, it, he beat his man and just slot one from outside mm. of the box, where, whereas that's that's something that can win you a match or, uh, yeah, a league time. Mm. Look, the Mariners could have played a lot better on the weekend. Um, they will still be there in three or four weeks' time, and um, there is still room for improvement for them, so I wouldn't be too... Too, um, too, too down on the mouth there, Nick. Mm. No, There's we, more to come from them. We're in danger of being accused of being the Mariners show now. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. dear. Oh, well, yeah. they, they, they do. No criticism of the, uh, the show's host here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll move on to the, the last game of that uh, Saturday triple header. And Perth Glory grabbed a home win over uh, Sydney FC. Uh, Del Piero did chip in with his customary goal. Uh, Chris Harold uh, surprisingly found the net, or actually found a place on the field for a change as well, <laughs> and found the net for mm. Perth Glory. And Shane Smeltz managed to grab one too. So Shane Smeltz, I think he's a name from the past. Oh, oh and he scored as well, which <laughs> yeah. was amazing. But I mean, Piero's as usual. I can't, I can't stop raving about him. I watch him; he can hit him with both feet from any distance, and it's just brilliant. I was just about to say, goal. I think wrong choice of words there, Nick. I don't think he necessarily chipped in with a um, with a shot the weekend. I think if you've seen that, you rocketed it. In. Yeah. Mm. it was super a, shot. It was a pretty good strike, I've got to say. But certainly, Perth was pretty solid, and I thought uh, Smeltz looks actually a bit dangerous at the moment. As far as the scoring's concerned, and I saw the game, and I thought um, I, I thought the glory certainly deserved to take all the points. And um, to me, it just indicated that, gosh, outside those top four, anyone can beat anyone down there. Well, exactly, yeah. and this is what I mean about how yeah. random the finals could end up yep, being. Absolutely, but I mean, you had to be a pretty hardy spectator to sit up and watch the third game after <laughs> watching the other two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I was just thinking I couldn't really get enthusiastic about Perth. Mm. Um, after seeing the other two games, because it was just so late. It's, mm. it's yeah. True, maybe start. maybe it's for people that are going to be an all-night bender and were staying up to 2am to watch the um, Real and the, and the Barcelona game. Or for who people knows? who don't care about Central Coast, they probably took that hour took or two off and took a know, had, a, had a meal, went out. Yeah, yeah, Mogadon. Yeah, Mogadon. Charming. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that does move Perth Glory a little bit closer to the finals. Um, they are still four points off that sixth place, um, which you know, but they do have a pretty good defensive record, which may help them out in the long run. There, game and a half and home games, I think, will now come into into yeah. effect. Mm. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Sunday, and uh, Wellington Phoenix got a got a victory as well, one uh, 0 over Melbourne Heart. Jeremy Brockies started to hit his form again uh, after tailing off for quite a few weeks. Um, so. You know, it's it's still it's still pretty close. Like we, we had written of, Wellington off, but now they're you know coming yeah, back. Yeah, combination of them playing better than we expected, and also um, the Melbourne Hearts away record coming to the fore again. They really are shocking away from home. They are. Mm. I thought the Phoenix were uh, quite dominant in that game mm. for large parts of the game, and uh, I think they had a had a real trouble with Brocky. Mm. I think Brocky was, uh, and Brocky is a dangerous player. He is. Yeah, and I think he looked really good. Uh, I still like mm. Paul Eiffel. Paul Eiffel always comes up with something special. Uh, you know, mm. yep. he was well worth watching again he's, on the weekend. He's someone I'd hate to mark, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think the heart kind of the heart kind of looked ordinary, and mm. I, th- I, I think they obviously aren't preparing very well for away games, mm. and and it's it's an awful long trip over there. So. Yep. Yep. That, that's true, and I think uh, Malawisi would have a, a few concerns at training about how they're going to set themselves up indeed if they end up getting through to the final well, series. Well, yeah, mm. if is right. I yeah, mean, we're yeah. kind of saying if about everybody at mm. the moment in that bottom uh, six teams. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really just a lack of options, I think, that they've got at the heart. Like, they, they sold two of their, their, their two first-choice full-backs in, in the January transfer window, and then Vince Grill has been to, you know, bolster their options in the midfield, and then he retired after one game. Um so the only real area where they have, you know, some room to maneuver is up front. And let's be honest, none of those guys are really setting the world on fire at the moment. So mm. I think Alois is just kind of out of options and hoping hoping that they can maybe scrape a few matches, wins together. There are a number of these bottom six teams that are relying on their home form. I'm certain that Wellington is. Yeah. Uh, uh, certainly they don't do very well away. And they've been beaten by the odd goal, I don't know how many times away. It's... Um, it is quite difficult for them to to come up with the goods. They look they look a little um, powerless away, and I thought the heart looked equally powerless away. Mm. I I fear they're not going to score enough goals, Clive, um, and um, we will see. Mm. Okay, um, so we'll just we'll close out the weekend now, and the the the, the, the words "lamb to the slaughter" really comes to mind. Here. <laughs> oh dear! Um, so it was a five nil win for Melbourne Victory over Newcastle, and Newcastle just starting eleven that had an average age of about twenty. Ruben Zadkovic was the oldest player on the park, which is rather... He had the captain's armband. Yes, the captain's armband as well. So, yeah, not something I'd I'd entrust Ruben with. No, you don't do that with an enforcer usually. Well, it begs a question from the um, the start of the show, Nick. How many of those players in in the Jet side actually came through the youth league? Yeah, well, if they came through the youth league, they maybe came through a little bit too quickly because mm. it was a bit diabolical, some of the turning. The first goal from Marco Rojas was just horrendous. There was only one player on the halfway line for Newcastle, and you don't give Rojas that much room to run. That's, <laughs> well, you do, yeah. and you'll score. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So Rojas grabbed a brace um, after a couple of different weeks. Uh, maybe Archie Thompson coming back into the starting eleven did help a bit there. Uh, Mark Milligan got two penalties, um, both from Taylor Regan, who was sent off after the hour mark. Um, and Adrian Leo got another goal there as well. So. I've got a bit. I, I saw half the game, and um, I actually thought that um, victory art Certainly a stronger side when Thompson's playing. Um, I think he does make a difference to the way they play. Snap. Um, I thought the same thing. Mm, yeah, and, and the, the um, more dynamic up front for sure. Yeah, mm. and I think the victory have got a few more options as well. I mean, um, 
uh, they've got a they've got a, a pack to shuffle, and mm. they can choose to maybe rest some players later on as they get towards the finals. Yep. And we've only really got what have we got now? Four fixtures or something? Is it? Yes. Yes. Four left. Mm. And um, I think they'd be keeping their fingers crossed. They actually have a home fixture because they really are a very different side away than they are at home they as are. well. Mm. Well, so. we we can say that about most sides, to be honest. Uh, the only one that's the only team that's been really good away from home recently has been the Wanderers. Mm. Oh yeah, but so a little side note: there. they have equaled Melbourne Victory's record of eight consecutive wins in the Air League. Um, they've got Wellington at home this weekend, so they're probably going to break it. Let's be honest, but. Oh. Not attempting to jinx them at that's, all. That's the kiss of death. Of yeah, isn't it? This is football. They're expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yes, Ange um, Poscockley will be happy with that result. And um, they, they do uh, go on the road this weekend. Um, back to Poscockley's old stomping ground, taking on Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium. I think that that will be a pretty interesting match, I believe, because Brisbane is actually to show a bit of decent form. They're three, three unbeaten in a row now. Uh, Victory's finally, you know, put that bad form behind them, and you know, who knows what they can do. Um, the TV guys are enjoying building that up to be a bit of a, a bit of a great match. Heard that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. they did try that earlier in the yeah. season, which is well. a shame actually, because both sides can play good open football, and it would be um, it would be sad to see it be talked up or broken down into um, um, a physical encounter. Petty, indeed. Yeah, petty little spiteful. Mm. Yep. Right, yeah. okay, and moving on, Nick? Yeah, so we'll just uh, take a look at the upcoming weekend's matches. We, we have touched on a few of them already, but so kicking off on Friday night, we've got Newcastle hosting Perth Glory. So, look, um, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a very home and away sort of, um, sort of feel to the fixtures. Perth Glory, again, pretty horrendous on the road recently. But Newcastle were absolutely whopped on the weekend. Just, I mean, maybe resting a few of their first-choice players probably is going to help them, put them in good stead this week. But you know, there's a, there's a thing called morale, so maybe um, it's going to hurt them more than it would have helped them. Do you I think Van Eggman's got a bit of a job to lift him up a bit, do you? Yeah, well, I agree with that as well. I think um, they took a real thumping last weekend, and I think if they don't bite back now and and put in a good performance, I that's it. Yeah, I think so it's too. Over Red yeah. Rover. Yeah. Well, coincidentally enough, they're they're actually sitting fifth, so they're the best of the rest at the moment, shall we say? Um, it. It could be. It could turn a bit sour if they can't turn it around this weekend. I think momentum's really important coming into the final series, and um, as I said, they don't necessarily Not have to take all the points. Finals. They have to start feeling good about the way they're playing. They and, have to. and and they didn't last week. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, so heading on to the weekend. So we we did mention that grudge match. Between, grudge match. <laughs> I say with inverted <laughs> commas uh, between <laughs> Brisbane Raw and Melbourne Victory. Uh, I, I reckon. I reckon Brisbane. Are, might actually snatch this one. I think Barisha is going to have one of his occasional good days uh, as we, this season, and grab, grab a brace. I reckon. Um, yeah. Well, there's mm, sticking yeah. yourself out on a limb. I must admit, yeah. I may have uh, subbed Geronimo out for Barisha this week. In fairness, here, oh, is that what it is? Uh, look, I'll stick yeah. my head on the block as well and think. I reckon we might get up with a twelve to fifteen thousand people there. Yeah, I think it'll be a good crowd, and I think that might lift Brisbane up a little bit, actually. Um, Interesting Um, to note, um, the NRL actually starts this week, so... Do you reckon we're going to have an inc- a decrease in crowds over the over the last few games of the season? Great question, Nick. I think in the in the light of the way that the season's actually gone, because it has been a season of great stories. Um, I'm really intrigued to see whether or not the attendances will take a uh, an effect with the with the kick off of the rugby league season. Um, we've I'd, got great momentum. Um, I'd like to think we're going to maintain the crowds, yeah. but you know, 
fickle yeah. Australian supporters. Yeah. Oh, and, and once again, perhaps it might end up being very regional because as far as I, my perspective is that rugby league still is a very regional game. And if we get a, a, a final series where either Sydney FC or the Wanderers are playing in Sydney... I think there's enough momentum here in the way that the sides are playing at the moment. Is, irrespective of what particular rugby league might be playing in Sydney, we'll still get good attendance figures. So it um, be really interesting to see if that actually comes about. Agreed. Mm. Okay. Um, so we've got the Mariners playing Sydney in a, in a New South Wales derby on Saturday as well. Um, the last time the Mariners played was just after, played them was just after Frank Farina came in as coach and Newcastle, not Newcastle, sorry, Sydney ended up winning in what turned out to be a pretty ugly affair. Um, hopefully, you know, we won't have that same sort of problem in regards to the harsh tackling and all that sort of stuff. We. Yeah. We. Yes. heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, John Hutchinson <laughs> keeps his cool for a change. Um, yes. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, they bounce back. That's difficult to predict yeah. that game. That I reckon is, it's very difficult yeah. to predict because yeah. it depends on which Sydney turns up. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's true too. Yeah. Um, whether it's the, the tight, fluent Sydney or um, whether it's going to be... The shaky Sydney the shaky, the inconsistent yeah. Sydney. yeah. Yeah, um, we'll go to Sunday, and Western Sydney Wanderers, as I said, were challenging for that uh, outright record of consecutive victories in the A-League uh, at home to Wellington on Sunday. And then we've got a Monday night match, uh, Melbourne Heart hosting Adelaide United. I guess that is because of the... Uh, I'm long assuming weekend. the AFL starts this weekend. Is it? Right, long weekend. That's the Canberra Day long weekend, isn't it? So. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps it up today, guys. Uh, thanks for coming in. No problem. And, uh, good round of football. Yes, and hopefully another good round to come this weekend. And if you're going to the near post, get there first. Near post, get there first. Don't get there second. Don't get there third. The near post, get there first. If it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first.